Could I move this thing down? I just feel more at home down here. <laughs> Get down here with you. I'm one of you. I'm not above you. A few weeks ago, Laura Beth, I'm terrible names. I had to write her name down. Lord Beth gave this church a word. And I want to talk. You may think I'm not talking about that, but I'm going to, well, i got to face everybody here, I guess. So <laughs> Angie thought I was going to preach to her. <laughs> so uh, it was a word for us. She had us to step across the threshold. Remember that? I want to talk about that threshold. And uh, just bear with me. I, I, I know I'm talking to the choir. <laughs> I know that. But there's, there's some few verses of Scripture that, that God's been used to work working me over a little bit with working on and I want to share those with you uh, and try to get us to understand there there is a place that we can move into that we haven't yet and if there is we need to move into that place. And before I begin here, I want to pray. I want to thank the Lord for His glory this morning. Uh, that's another subject. I remember when Kenneth Hagin started talking about the glory and teaching about the glory the glory would come in. We love the glory. You say, what is the glory? Well, it's God. And His glory is here this morning. And sometimes when I feel the anointing and the glory, I tend to want to go real fast or shout real loud. And, and I, I don't really want to do that this morning. Thank God for His glory. And so I say, Lord, thank You. Thank You for Your glory. We need it. The glory would change us. There, I want to speak and I want to start with Matthew 25. The ten virgins. 
and I, I'm going to I'm going to go through quite a few scriptures, but I'm going to come back to this parable. This is a parable Jesus gave, and uh, I'm going to come back to it and talk about it. How how the lamps represents us, and what is the oil? Because the oil is the source of light. And we need to tap into the source. We're the mechanism. We're the lamp. So in Matthew 25, I'm just, I'm not going to read all those verses now. 1 through 13. There were ten virgins, Jesus said. Well, let me just read a little bit of this. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now, I'm gonna, what I'm going to tell you this morning, the way I see this, and I believe this is right, these ten virgins represents the body of Christ, the church. Now, you say, well, why is there only ten? Because he's given an example of a wedding party here, you know, and so there were there are ten virgins in the wedding party. But what he's really talking about here is more than just a wedding party. He's talking about, you know, there is going to be a, a wedding in heaven sometime. The bride united with the groom. And, and uh, so he's talking about the time for the rapture of the church here. The end of the age. We're living down at the end of the age. And I, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you much, too much about the rapture of the church this morning. You say, do you think the rapture is right on us? I, I don't know if it makes any difference what I think. <laughs> you know, it's going to be in His timing. And I don't see it right now, but I tell you what, I, what the thoughts that I'm going to bring out is what we need to get in this. My eyes on Israel as far as, as far as that is concerned, and they're the key there. There are certain things going to happen there that we can say, all right, <laughs> it's right around the corner. But he's talking about the, the ten virgins. He's talking about, he's talking about the church, and he's talking about being ready. Well, it's, it's not just a matter of being ready to go in the rapture. It's talking about us being ready in servants to Him. And so, and He said, out of these ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. I mean, I want you to think about that. Half of them were not ready. If, if they weren't ready to go, they weren't really doing the stuff. Hey, I'm not, 
I, I mean, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the choir here. I'm sure every one of you are ready to go. <laughs> I'm not saying that. And I'm, I'm not saying half of you are not going to be ready. But I didn't say this. Jesus said it. He said one half of the church, well, whenever that, whenever that rapture is going to take place, are there going to be uh, less people ready then than they are right now? I don't know. But he said at the time that it takes place, half of them are not ready. Well, I, I, want, to, I want to just put a, a, a point in here. You know, uh, those that miss the rapture and don't go into the wedding... They can still give their life as martyrs. They can still wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. But this next verse that I'm going to talk to you about, <laughs> there's no second chance on that. And that's in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This verse is really can be quite disturbing. I'm just going to read that verse. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then, who, who's talking here? Jesus, isn't he? This is not just the scripture. This is Jesus speaking. And he said, then he gives this verse, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have we cast out demons and in thy name done many wondrous works? And then will I, Jesus said, I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That, that is one of the scariest verses in the whole Bible as far as I am concerned. They, when does this happen? The Bible says it's pointed unto man to die once and after death comes the judgment. This is not talking about the rapture here. It's talking about after death. After we die. And almost every funeral you go to, you know, we want to, I understand, we want to say the good things about them. We look hard to find something good about them. But they preach right into heaven. Well, let me tell you, they're either there or they're somewhere else already before the sermon. <laughs> but you know what? People get to hear that and they go to these funerals and they say, well, you know, I'm as good as that old boy was and I think I'm all right. <laughs> But 
But he said, many. How many? How many is many? Well, how about half? The church. Ooh. Really? Many is not a few. <laughs> hey, I, I've, had, I've had a few close calls in my life. I had a tree fall, limb fall, and it hit me inside the head, knocked my ear off, broke my shoulder. Hey, my brother said, I was knocked out. He said, well, did you, did you go to heaven? Did you see anything? I said, I, I never left my body. I was still there. I didn't see anything. I mean, I, I would have been glad to have seen something glorious. Amen. <laughs> we just had an accident here a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Hit a, hit a steer on Highway 11. Terry can vouch for this. That thing made a loud noise. We, we, it was dark. Our lights went out. It broke the battery. We had no lights. I was, so I was staring that thing in the dark after I hit it, and oh, it breaks on it, and I managed to hold it right in the lane and get a stop. But then I realized we don't have any lights. People coming behind us, they will run right into us. Hey, the devil was trying to wipe us out, I believe. And, and, and so you say, well... You know, I'm sure I've had a lot of close calls. I've, I've had angels watching over us. But you, but you, you know, uh, if many that have started out in this way, he will have to say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. And so that, that is a, that's a, a, a scary, scary scripture to me. And so with that in mind, I want to look at some things. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, and I'm going to go through some of these, some of these scriptures really fast. And I don't know if I got... I didn't get second scripture down. Let me read it up here. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's an if in there. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, he said you, we've known Christ after the flesh. Well, we, if we were there with him in the flesh, we communicated back and forth, we would know him. Lazarus knew him in that way. And in a sense, we can read all the stories about him and feel like we were back there. We can read the history and we can feel like that we're a part of that in the flesh. But it's, that's knowing about him. That's not knowing him. That's knowing about him. And you can know a lot about him and not know him. 
So, so we're not, we all probably start out hearing the stories and knowing them after the flesh, but there comes a time that we've got to know Him not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He's a real person, real being. There's another verse of Scripture in John 14, 20. It says, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye are in me, and I in you. What is this about? I, I taught on this Wednesday night about, he said, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. He's saying, you're in me, and I are, I'm in you. What does that mean? That's a relationship. That is a... In the flesh, that would be a face-to-face relationship. I am in you and you are in me. In the spirit, it's a spirit-to-spirit relationship. It's not that you're seeing him in the flesh, but there, is a, there can be a spirit-to-spirit relationship. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about is this relationship. Now, I want to lay a little foundation for this. <laughs> Got to look at my time. <clears throat> what does it mean uh, to be born again? How easy is it to be born again? I tell you, it's so simple. God has made it so simple for us to be born again. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. And some people say, well, I'm born again, so I'm good for life. There, there are going to be one of those that he's going to say, I'm sorry. You don't want to hear those words. You don't want to hear those words, I'm, I'm sorry, but I never knew you. So, to be born again in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says if we believe that Jesus died for us, if we believe that He rose again, the Father raised Him from the dead, that He's alive, if we confess Him as Lord, we shall be saved. Well, how, how simple is that? If we mean that from our heart, said, said believe in our heart, and speak with our mouth, how simple it is, how simple He has made us, made it, so we can be saved. He made it simple. Hey, when the prodigal son started home, the father was right there to meet him. Hey, you, you take a step towards God, and He's there to meet you. He has made it simple to come in. But that's, that's the beginning. And uh, we confess Him as Lord. We confess Him as Lord. You know, I hear people say, Jesus is my Lord. He's your Lord if you make Him Lord. He sets you up for Him to be your Lord. But if you're not serving Him and your servant, you're not His servant, He's not your Lord. He may be your Savior. He died for you. He paid the price for you. 
But to make for Him to be our Lord, we have to bow our knee to Him. We have to submit our life to Him, make Him, make Him Lord. So, when we confess Him as Lord, the Bible says in Galatians four six, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, "Abba, Father." Who did that? God the Father sent the Spirit of His Son. His Son, that's Jesus Christ, right? Into our heart. Where's our heart? It's here. He sent His Spirit of His Son into our heart. And that Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ immediately called out, cried out, Abba, Father, Father, you're welcome to come in with me. So John, in 1 John, in 1 John, Chapter 1, it says that he who confesses the Son has the Father also. You understand that? We made this confession of faith. The Father sent the Spirit of His Son into our heart. That's reality. This is just not imaginative thing is his reality. His spirit is in us. He spent sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And when that happens, you know, we confess, he said, we have the Father also. Well, Father also, that means there's two, right? Also. So God is in our hearts. And the scripture says, John says, you know, I love the Gospel of John. You know, I started studying the Gospel of John and I, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to do something that Jesus said he would do. I, I dare you to do that. He said he would guide us into all truth. Well, Ask the Holy Spirit to do what He's supposed to do. He'll do it. He'll start guiding you into truth. Sometimes you might feel kind of overwhelmed, but He will guide you into all truth. And so the Spirit of Christ is in us, and, and, and in, in, in John chapter 5, 12, He said, He that has the Son has life. Zoe, that's eternal life. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son has not life. So if we're born again, which is so simple to do, to be born again, He comes into our hearts and we have, we have eternal life. In, in John 1.12, For as many as received Him, to them He gave them power to become the sons of God. There's a process here. It's so easy to be born again, but then there's a process. He gave them the authority, the right to become. There's a process of becoming the sons and daughters of God. So we've received Him. 
Now, we need to start to lean and trust in this, the Lord, the Spirit of Christ who's in us. We need to, we need to, this is a threshold we've got to cross over to. Not just going to the Word, but going to Him. In Ephesians 2, 12, it said we're created unto good works. Created into Christ Jesus unto good works. What good work? Those good works, that's our destiny to be walked out. And you know what? I, I don't know all about that, but He does. Jesus does. And when, when He's leading me, we're walking out our destiny. And then in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, we are labors together with God. Not we're not labors for God. We're not working for Him. We're labors together with Him. So it's up to us whether we include Him or not. We need to be aware of His presence continually and be leaning and trusting in Him as we walk this out because He's the one that's going to help us walk it out. Now, I want to go back uh, and talk about this 25th chapter of Matthew, which we said this is represents, represents the church. Half the church would be ready to go half the church wouldn't be ready to go. And I carried that on over to death. You know, one thing about death, I mean, if it doesn't come suddenly, if you realize you may, may be like Hezekiah, we need to set our house in order. Well, God is merciful. And, and you say, well, how about the deathbed repentance? Well, God is a merciful God. I, I don't want to wait to that point. All right. A lamp, lamp is a mechanical device, a mechanism whereby, I mean an oil lamp. I, we didn't even have electricity until I was about in the seventh grade, I think, sixth or seventh grade, we use a kerosene lamp to study by. <clears throat> so I know a little bit about lamps, <laughs> you know. And that's what he's talking about here. You know it has a bowl with oil in it. It has the upper part on it where the wick goes down into the oil. And, and the oil migrates capillary action up that wick. And then, and because oil is burnable, will make a flame, ignite. You know, you have a control burn here, where you light that wick, and it continues. That oil continues to flow up, and is burned on the tip of that wick. That wick is made out of something that doesn't burn itself but it does in a way you so 
every night you need to trim that old off because it's going to be in the way of the flame if you don't. And so you have to change out that wick every once in a while. You know, put a new wick in there. But, but that's, that's how that works. It's a mechanism. And the, the whole idea is for that lamp to produce light. Well, what is the source of that light? Well, you can have the mechanism there. You can have the wick there. If you don't have oil in that lamp, you can strike a match to it and it's not going to light. That wick won't burn by itself. So the source of that lamp is the oil. This is the deal. This was the problem. Half of them didn't have the oil. Oil. <laughs> you have the oil? Let you think about that a minute. He's talking about in this, he's not just talking about them having the light, the lamps to see where they're going here. He's talking about they are those lamps. He's talking about we are those lamps and we have a source of oil within us. We have a source within us that we can produce light. And uh, we're that mechanism. What is that source? Well, we find that source in John 15. John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, and it brings forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Then he says, Abide in me. Now, <clears throat> Jesus said, I am the vine. He's the source. If He's the vine and we're the branch, He's the source of our life. His Spirit within us is that source. He is the source. Now, don't throw me out here. He didn't say... He didn't say that his father was the source. He said his father was the vine keeper. Listen. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. God the father is the one who sent the spirit of Christ into our life. 
And he's the one, if we quit drawing from the vine, he's the vine keeper. He's the one who takes us out. You know, because he, he looks at this situation. This is a spiritual situation. You, you have a, a nice vine here, beautiful vine, that's producing fruit on, on the branches. But here's one branch that's not drawing from the source. And it what? It's dying off. It don't look good at all. You get that thing off of there. Cut it off. It's not going to bear fruit. It's not going to do it. So we take it off. God gives the Spirit of His Son into our life, and He. But you know what? I'll make this statement. Everybody is set up to be in Christ, in the vine. Everybody. We're all there. I mean, we say it's so easy to be born again and, and, and receive Him into our life. We're, we're connected to the vine right there to be our source. And, and, and that is Jesus Christ. But everybody that's put in the vine doesn't stay in the vine. I mean, it's up to us whether we stay in the vine or not. If we're not, if we're not drawing from the source, from the vine, are we going to stay alive? Well, what is that source? Who is that source? That source is the Spirit of Christ. Well, listen. The Spirit of Christ within us, He's a real person. We communicate. This, this thing of us being in Him and Him being in us, this is a re relationship of face-to-face, spirit-to-spirit relationship. So, we can't blame God if He takes us out because we've already, we've already not been drawn from the source. We're already dead. And I want to say this. Jesus said He was the vine. He's the source. It's not the structured church that is the source. He's the source. The structured church is important. The structure, the building, belief systems that we have, they're important, but they're not our source. Amen. You can believe certain things and think, well, I'm alright because I believe that. That's not your source. You better get in touch with the source. Here I am starting to preach. <laughs> Get in touch with that source. Be in communication with that source. John said, Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son who are right here in us. Yes. He was in touch. He was in fellowship, face to face, spirit to spirit. 
So what am I telling you? I'm saying, hey, there's a place in Him that we haven't got yet. Just because we've been busy at everything else, how much time do we take? How much time do we take with the source who is our life? He's our life. How much time do we take with our source? Have you checked on him today? <laughs> so, this lamp, these lamps, that which we are, you know, if that, that wick is down in that oil, it draws that oil up and it burns. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. You know, he's talking about us as beings here. We're drawing from the source. Then we're walking out our destiny. Uh, so what does this mean uh, well if we're trusting in him and we're in conversation with him we're in fellowship with him uh, then there is a flow just like that oil is flowing up that wick and we, we still have to light that. You know, you know this, the Spirit of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are within us. But you know who's still in control of this body? We are. We determine what they do. I mean, they know everything. We know so little. But we, we can... Put them in a position in our life to utilize them. Not, we don't have the right to tell them what to do. They're God. But we can ask them to show us and lead us and be in conversation with them. And, and, and that, that's, where, that's where we need to be. So I'm not sure that I've left anything out here, but I want to I want to go ahead and uh, I just want to say that we're in control. And when He says, "Abide in Me," Jesus is saying, "Abide in My Spirit that's in you." What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean to be in Him? Because it says, "If." Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If we're not in Christ, we're not a new creature. What is, there's, there's, Jesus used this expression. Jesus, in teaching the last, the last week before he went to the cross, he mentioned this, this relationship ten times. Well, he's trying to get something across to us, right? Us being in him and he being in us. There's a difference of him being in us and we being in him. And then he comes along and gives us this chapter, the 15th chapter, and gives us a, a visual of this. But still, we have to ask ourselves, well, what does it mean for me to abide in? It means that we're in fellowship with him, his spirit with him, it's within us. We're in conversation with him. 
And he is a big part of our life. A big part of our life. Again, I won't say there's it's one thing to know about. We know all about him. But do we know him? If we don't know him, he don't know us. I can tell you that. If, there, if we're not having this, if we're not having this spirit-to-spirit relationship, we're not where we ought to be. And Lord Beth gave us this this visual, she said, hey, I mean, she, she laid it out there. She said, you know, you're, she said, this church, if I understand right, it's like you're still traveling in this old propeller-driven plane. Barely get off the ground, she said. But there's this brand new jet plane over here that we need to be on. And I thought, well, Lord, how we we got to get off of this plane to get on that one. Well, that's kind of the visual. But what, what she's really saying is there is a threshold to step over for us to begin to move like we're in the jet plane and not in the propeller plane. And she had to step across the threshold. So... I want to I want to talk just a little bit more about that. So I want to conclude here with Hebrews chapter twelve. For very familiar verse of scripture. Wherefore, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by such a great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let me, let me just say this. There is a race that is set before each and every one of us. It's not, it's not the same. That race is our destiny. He's the author and finisher of he, he was the one that gave us that destiny. He's the one that can help us walk out that destiny. Matter of fact, He's the only one. Right. We've got to be looking to Him. So we understand if we're going to run a race, we don't want to put on our high heel shoes and our boots to run a race. We don't want heavy coats. He says, you know, lighten the load. You're going to run. You're going to run. This is, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This is, this is the rest of our life. So he said there's weights. There's weights that we need to take off. You know what? Holy Spirit is there to show you what those weights are. Ask Him. He wants to show us. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. So much of the church is in that right there. 
Thank God that we, we, if we sin, we can confess our sin and He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is, is so merciful. But we don't need to wallow in that. How many times have we went that route? That's besetting sin that so, says so easily beset. We need to deal with that. Get somebody to help you to deal with that. Amen. So even so many they say in the body of Christ that are involved in pornography. That's a besetting sin. Well, there's others too. I'm not going to try to hit all of them. But we live so much in that first verse. Making mistakes. Ask God to forgive us. Asking each other to forgive each one another. And... uh, Fight, we call it fighting the good fight. Fighting against the devil, devil's fighting. We're in turmoil. Hey, step over the threshold. Step over the threshold. Well, I try to be a good person. I try not to sin. I try to treat. Step over the threshold. What is the threshold? The very next verse, looking unto Jesus, who lives right here. His Spirit is right here. Looking unto Jesus, the author, He gave us our destiny, and He can help us carry our destiny out. This is the threshold that we need to step over. Not fighting with the devil. Yeah, we need to make demands. We need to make positive statements. But there is a place that we can be in relationship with the one who lives right in our heart. We don't have to be fearful of death because it's just stepping over right over into the kingdom. His. We don't have to be in fear of whatever goes around us if the whole world is falling down on us because we're stable in Him. So what, I, what I'm saying now is, I'm not saying, be sure you're ready to go into rapture. I'm saying, how's your relationship with Him who is our source. Because, you know, how well do you know Him? All I know about Him. How well do you know Him? Well, I pray. I read the Word. The Word is so important. Prayer is so important. But the Word is not the vine. Jesus is the vine. He's the source. We need to pray. 
But we need to be connected to divine and drawing from divine. And so there a verse of scripture came to my mind over in Psalms 139. Well, let me turn back there. I have it here. Psalms 139. It's talking about Him forming us in our mother's womb. That's where He gives us our destiny. And then He says, after He goes through all of that, right set down in His book. And then He says, How precious are the Thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sands. When I awake, I am still with thee. They're more than the sands of the, the thoughts. And we think, well, we thank God up in heaven. He's thinking good thoughts about us. No, it's, it's more than that. What? When when we're in Christ, His thoughts, He's that source is like that oil is going up that wick. His thoughts are coming up into us. That's His life. His thoughts. So I'm not talking about talking to Him in prayer. We talk to Him in prayer, but I'm talking about that source of His thoughts. Those thoughts are so precious. You need to hear those thoughts that He has for you. And you can hear them, not with these ears. You won't see them with these eyes. But you know what? Those thoughts from Him can, just like that oil rises in that wick, those thoughts can rise in us, to our mind, and to our understanding. And we can live in those thoughts. So, this, this conversation I'm talking about is thought to thought. I sat on the couch, my wife can tell you, sometimes just thought to thought. Ask the Holy Spirit to do His job. He'll do it. Thought to thought. This is a relationship that we need to be in. Not fighting sin. We take our stand against the devil, but it's not about fighting the devil. It's about walking with the King. The King is right here with us. Have you checked on him today? He's there. He longs to have this thought relationship with us. So here's what I'm saying. Here's the threshold. It's moving over into this thought relationship with him. Hey, I'm working on this.
I'm working on it. Say, well, how do you do that? Well, I start out by being in gratitude towards him. He's in my life. (laughs) Being in gratitude towards him and thankfulness to him. And I mean, I may even pray pray those words out right loud, but I may not. I may just be thanking those thoughts. And then listening. It's not all us praying, saying words. Although words are important, it's about us letting Him give us those thoughts that bubble up that wick. Now, I'm going to challenge you today. He is in you. He wants all these thoughts that He has for you. He wants you to know these thoughts. It's not that it's just a good thing for you to know, hey, He thinks a lot of good thoughts about it. No. He wants those thoughts to come up from His Son. Jesus. From His Spirit within us. Those thoughts. And we live in those thoughts. Oh, we can still do what we need to do around about us. And while we're doing that, His thoughts can still be coming up. There, I just want to say there's a relationship with the King who lives inside of us greater than anything we've ever thought possible. I challenge you with that. And John said our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son that our joy might be full. He asked us to enter into that relationship that our joy, you know, we have fullness of joy because He's our life. Well, I've got to bring this to a close here somewhere. So I don't know how to make... I just want I just want to challenge you. I just challenge you. Enter into this step across this threshold that Lord Beth was talking about. I really believe this is beyond what most of us have been doing. Enter into that and let those thoughts bubble up in you. Take over your life. I want to say something about these young kids that are coming in. You know, they make one step towards God. God is right there with them. And they have, it's a process in front of them. But you know what? God and the Holy Spirit is right there with them to guide them every step of the way. If they want more, they will get more. And they're hungry. It's not them I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about guys like me that have lived this life so long and say, well... Just another day. No, it's not just another day. God has been dealing 
with my heart. I want to be able to step right out of this life into the next. No change. Well, let's, ever, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your glory that is here. Now, I, I want to I give an altar call here. I, I made it clean, a, a plain how simple it is to come to Christ. And I believe that every one of you, but if there should be one here that does not know Christ, I would like for you to raise your hand. If you'd like to be saved this morning, because I presented that gospel in this message, is there anyone? Okay, I want to ask a show of hands. How many... Feel like that you could move in closer to the Lord into this relationship. I think we all know we can. So I'm I'm going to leave this with you. <laughs> Don't walk out of here and disregard what was said because this wasn't David that was saying this. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the Word of God. And I tell you what, this relationship can be so glorious. <laughs> we, we can just be excited about it day after day what he's doing. But I'm just challenging you and you to press in, press into that relationship. Amen. Let's stand. Now just obey God. Just obey God. You need to come pray. You want David or some of us to pray for you? Come. Come on. If you don't obey him this morning, you won't. Who does the will of my Father who is in heaven? That's a big statement. I was in a conversation with a couple men this week. One talked about when his father died, he didn't want a service. And the man that was telling that Clinton confesses Christ but he's not in church and he said and when my time's over I'll go to be with him it's not always biblical is it just obey the Lord just obey the Lord
Come on, there's more. Closer than it's ever been I feel the swell of empty 
Till our 